0: Section 25 of the Topaz Storybook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Topaz Storybook. Stories and legends of autumn, Halloween, and Thanksgiving. Compiled by Ada M. and Eleanor L. Skinner queen Aster, by louisa may alcott read by the story girl for many seasons the golden rods had reigned over the meadow and no one thought of choosing a king from any other family for they were strong and handsome and loved to rule but one autumn something happened which caused a great excitement among the flowers it was proposed to have a queen and such a thing had never been heard of before it began among the asters for some of them grew outside the wall beside the road and saw and heard what went on in the great world these sturdy plants told the news to their relations inside and so the asters were unusually wise and energetic flowers "'from the little white stars in the grass "'to the tall sprays tossing their purple plumes "'above the mossy wall. "'Things are moving in the great world, "'and it is time we made a change in our little one,' "'said one of the roadside asters, "'after a long talk with a wandering wind. "'Matters are not going well in the meadow, "'for the golden rods rule, "'and they care only for money and power.' as their name shows. Now we are descended from the stars, and are both wise and good, and our tribe is even larger than the Goldenrod tribe, so it is but fair that we should take our turn at governing. It will soon be time to choose, and I propose our stately cousin, Violet Aster for queen this year. Whoever agrees with me, say I. Quite a shout went up from all the asters, and the late clovers and buttercups joined in, for they were honest, sensible flowers, and liked fair play. To their great delight, the pitcher plant, or forefather's cup, said, Aye, most decidedly, and that impressed all the other plants, for this fine family came over in the Mayflower, and was much honored everywhere but the proud cardinals by the brook blushed with shame at the idea of a queen the fringed gentians shut their blue eyes that they might not see the bold asters and clematis fainted away in the grass she was so shocked the golden rods laughed scornfully and were much amused at the suggestion to put them off the throne where they had ruled so long let those discontented asters try it they said no one will vote for that foolish violet and things will go on as they always have done so dear friends don't be troubled but help us elect our handsome cousin who was born in the palace this year in the middle of the meadow stood a beautiful maple and at its foot lay a large rock overgrown by a wild grapevine, all kinds of flowers sprang up here and this autumn a tall spray of goldenrod and a lovely violet aster grew almost side by side with only a screen of ferns between them this was called the palace and seeing their cousin there made the asters feel that their turn had come and many of the other flowers agreed with them that a change of rulers ought to be made for the good of the kingdom so when the day came to choose there was great excitement as the wind went about collecting the votes the goldenrods cardinals gentians clematis and bittersweet voted for the prince as they called the handsome fellow by the rock all the asters buttercups clovers and pitcher-plants voted for violet and to the surprise of the meadow the maple dropped a leaf and the rock gave a bit of lichen for her also they seldom took part in the affairs of the flower people the tree living so high above them busy with its own music and the rock being so old that it seemed lost in meditation most of the time But they liked the idea of a queen, for one was a poet, the other a philosopher, and both believed in gentle Violet. Their votes won the day, and with loud rejoicing by her friends, she was proclaimed queen of the meadow and welcome to her throne. We will never go to court or notice her in any way cried the haughty cardinals red with anger nor we dreadful unfeminine creature let us turn our backs and be grateful that the brook flows between us added the gentians shaking their fringes as if the mere idea soiled them clematis hid her face among the vine-leaves "'feeling that the palace was no longer a fit home "'for a delicate, high-born flower like herself. "'All the goldenrods raged at this dreadful disappointment "'and said many untrue and disrespectful things of Violet. "'The prince tossed his yellow head behind the screen "'and laughed as if he did not mind, "'saying carelessly, "'Let her try.' she never can do it and will soon be glad to give up and let me take my proper place so the meadow was divided one half turned its back on the new queen the other half loved admired and believed in her and all waited to see how the experiment would succeed the wise asters helped her with advice the pitcher-plant Refreshed her with the history of the brave Puritans who loved liberty and justice and suffered to win them. The honest clovers sweetened life with their sincere friendship, and the cheerful buttercups brightened her day with kindly words and deeds. But her best help came from the rock and the tree, for when she needed strength, she leaned her delicate head against the rough breast of the rock and courage seemed to come to her from the wise old stone that had borne the storms of a hundred years. When her heart was heavy with care or wounded by unkindness, she looked up to the beautiful tree, always full of soft music, always pointing heavenward, and was comforted by these glimpses of a world above her. THE FIRST THING SHE DID WAS TO BANISH THE EVIL SNAKES FROM HER KINGDOM, FOR THEY lured THE INNOCENT BIRDS TO DEATH, AND FILLED MANY A HAPPY NEST WITH GRIEF. THE NEXT TASK WAS TO STOP THE RED AND BLACK ANTS FROM CONSTANTLY FIGHTING, FOR THEY WERE ALWAYS AT WAR, TO THE GREAT DISMAY OF MORE PEACEFUL INSECTS. SHE BADE EACH TRIBE KEEP IN ITS OWN COUNTRY and if any dispute came up, to bring it to her, and she would decide it fairly. This was a hard task, for the ants loved to fight, and would go on struggling after their bodies were separated from their heads, so fierce were they. But she made them friends at last, and everyone was glad. Another reform was to purify the news that came to the meadow. The wind was telegraph messenger, but the birds were reporters, and some of them very bad ones. The larks brought tidings from the clouds and were always welcome, the thrushes from the wood and all loved to hear their pretty romances, the robins had domestic news, and the lively wrens bits of gossip and witty jokes to relate but the magpies made such mischief with their ill-natured tattle and evil tales, and the crows criticised and condemned every one who did not believe and do just as they did so the magpies were forbidden to go gossiping about the meadow and the gloomy black crows were ordered off the fence where they liked to sit cawing dismally for hours at a time Everyone felt safe and comfortable when this was done, except the cardinals, who liked to hear their splendid dresses and fine feasts talked about, and the goldenrods, who were so used to living in public that they missed the excitement, as well as the scandal of the magpies and the political and religious arguments and quarrels of the crows. A hospital for sick and homeless creatures was opened under the big burdock leaves, and there several belated butterflies were tucked up in their silken hammocks to sleep till spring. A sad ladybug, who had lost all her children, found comfort in her loneliness, and many crippled ants sat talking over their battles like old soldiers in the sunshine. It took a long time to do all this, and it was a hard task, for the rich and powerful flowers gave no help. But the asters worked bravely, so did the clovers and buttercups, and the pitcher-plant kept open house with the old-fashioned hospitality one so seldom sees nowadays. Everything seemed to prosper, and the meadow grew more beautiful day by day safe from their enemies the snakes birds came to build in all the trees and bushes singing their gratitude so sweetly that there was always music in the air sunshine and shower seemed to love to freshen the thirsty flowers and keep the grass green till every plant grew strong and fair and passers-by stopped to look saying with a smile what a pretty little spot this is The wind carried tidings of these things to other colonies, and brought back messages of praise and goodwill from other rulers, glad to know the experiment worked so well. This made a deep impression on the goldenrods and their friends, for they could not deny that Violet had succeeded better than anyone dared to hope, and the proud flowers began to see that they would have to give in own they were wrong and become loyal subjects of this wise and gentle queen we shall have to go to court if ambassadors keep coming with such gifts and honours to her majesty for they wonder not to see us there and will tell that we are sulking at home instead of shining as we only can said the cardinals longing to display their red velvet robes at the feasts which violet was obliged to give in the palace when kings came to visit her our time will soon be over and i'm afraid we must humble ourselves or lose all the gaiety of the season it is hard to see the good old days changed but if they must be we can only gracefully submit answered the gentians Smoothing their delicate blue fringes, eager to be again the bells of the ball. Pometis astonished everyone by suddenly beginning to climb the maple tree and shake her silvery tassels like a canopy over the queen's head. I cannot live so near her and not begin to grow, since I must cling to something. I choose the noblest I can find. "'and look up, not down, forevermore,' she said, "'for like many weak and timid creatures, "'she was easily guided, "'and it was well for her "'that Violet's example had been a brave one.' "'Prince Goldenrod had found it impossible "'to turn his back entirely upon Her Majesty, "'for he was a gentleman with a really noble heart "'under his yellow cloak.' so he was among the first to see admire and love the modest faithful flower who grew so near him he could not help hearing her words of comfort or reproof to those who came to her for advice he saw the daily acts of charity which no one else discovered he knew how many trials came to her and how bravely she bore them she had done more than ever we did to make the kingdom beautiful and safe and happy and i'll be the first to own it to thank her and offer my allegiance he said to himself and waited for a chance one night when the september moon was shining over the meadow and the air was balmy with the last breath of summer the prince ventured to serenade the queen on his wind-harp. He knew she was awake, for he had peeped through the ferns and seen her looking at the stars with her violet eyes full of dew, as if something troubled her. So he sang his sweetest song, and Her Majesty leaned nearer to hear it. For she much longed to be friends with the gallant prince, because both were born in the palace and grew up together very happily till coronation time came. As he ended, she sighed, wondering how long it would be before he told her what she knew was in his heart. Goldenrod heard the soft sigh, and forgetting his pride, he pushed away the screen and whispered, while his face shone, and his voice showed how much he felt. What troubles you, sweet neighbor? Forget and forgive my unkindness, and let me help you, if I can. I dare not say as prince consort, though I love you dearly, but as a friend and faithful subject for i confess that you are fitter to rule than i as he spoke the leaves that hid violet's golden heart opened wide and let him see how glad she was as she bent her stately head and answered softly there is room upon the throne for two share it with me as king and let us rule together what the prince answered only the moon knows but when morning came all the meadow was surprised and rejoiced to see the gold and purple flowers standing side by side while the maple showered its rosy leaves over them and the old rock waved his crown of vine-leaves as he said this is as it should be love And strength going hand in hand, And justice making the earth glad. The lands are lit With all the autumn blaze of goldenrod, And everywhere the purple asters nod And bend and wave and flit. Helen Hunt Jackson End of Queen Aster by Louisa M. Alcott.